Good to see y'all this morning. Good to be here in the place with you all this morning. And I hope you all understand how much I appreciate you this morning uh, and so forth. So thank you so much. So today we're continuing our study through Job. We've had, uh, I believe, a good study, this Game of Life series. Uh, last week we talked about halftime, and before that we, we talked about different things. And today we're talking about my head coach. My head coach. Now this is the thing. When you look at a head coach, for the, for the uh, when you look at the uh, head coach, and we'll, we'll read, uh, and we're going to really focus on the scripture, then the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens my counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you will answer me. Now, when you think about a head coach, for a lot of us, uh, one of the best head coaches that we've had in Dallas history, and even the history of a lot of sports, is Tom Landry. When you think about a definition of what a coach should be, uh, endurance, character, uh, winning championships or near that, uh, investing in the lives of young men, Tom Landry comes up to your mind. There's other head coaches like a Phil Jackson or, or Pat Riley or, uh, you know, some of us, you know, if you want to try to throw Jason Garrett in, I'll let you try. But, but with all that, a head coach is somebody who's running the team. Now, one of the major things that happens with the Cowboys today is you don't feel like the head coach is running the Cowboys. Amen? You feel like, oh, it's Jerry Jones. A head coach is somebody who's knowledgeable about what they're doing. They're not just knowledgeable. They know what they're doing and how to do it and how to get you to do what, they, what needs to be done. That's what a head coach does. A head coach is somebody who can discipline their players at the same time encourage their players. They can, they can uplift their players at the same time tell them where they're wrong. A head coach is somebody who will draw out the plays so for you to go and work the play. The head coach himself is not out there on the field throwing the ball, but he's teaching you how to throw the ball. And then he's going to draw up the play for you to throw the ball. Well, for a Christian, our head coach should be God. And here we get into where Job is finally, he, he's been talking and talking, and finally getting to talk to the Lord Almighty. He's getting to talk to his head coach. He's getting to talk to the coach to say, you know what, coach, I've been through all of this. What does it mean? And the head coach is going to ask Job many, many different questions. So the, the first thing that we want to lay out, that a head coach involves play calling. A head coach involves play calling. Now, what is play calling? Well, when we get in talk, talking about God himself, God should be play calling in your life. Now, what does that mean? I want us to stay here for a second. Now, Vince Lombardi, who is, that's what the Subo Trophy is named after, Vince Lombardi. Called it the Lombardi Trophy. Vince Lombardi was a mastermind of drawing plays and getting his players to do the play. This is what the play calling means. Uh, a horrible coach can't call plays. Jason Garrett has been accused of not being able to really call plays. He's been like, why are you calling? Why didn't you call that timeout? Why didn't you do that? His game strategy is bad. Any brothers agree with that? Sometimes his game strategy is not good. Amen? And so the Cowboys therefore lose. 
Well, for God, God is your head coach. God is calling the game in your life. He's trying to draw up plays and design plans for your life. Now, we'll get into in just a little bit, do our father play or not, but we got to get into the play calling. God here, when we get into the, the scripture, it says, Then the Lord answered Job out of a whirlwind and said, Who is this who darkens my counsel by words without knowledge? Now prepare yourself like a man, and I will question you, and you will answer me. Now, in, in one, another version said in verse 2, it says this, Why do you talk so much when you know so little? See, we are... All of us have been on a team or at a job or, or even with family where you got somebody who talks so much but they don't know anything. On Thanksgiving, you should cook like this. I would cook it like that. But you don't know how to cook. You got some folks that will tell you how to, uh, to fix this, but they never fix anything. So they talk so much, but they know so little. Amen? You got some people telling you about your relationships, but when you look at their track record, they don't have a relationship. They don't have anything to talk about. All they've been watching was maybe the Cosby Show or some other kind of thing. Maybe they watch a different world. But they can't tell you about your relationship. And they're certainly not going to pray with you in that. But God himself is saying, I want to do some play calling in your life. When you get into Jeremiah 29-11, it said that God has a plan for you. A plan for you. God has plays drawn up for you. Now, when I started thinking about this, I started thinking, if God had these plays for me, that when he says, were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. God saying, look, I've done these things. I have laid foundations. I have created the animals. I have set the, the stars in the sky. You were not there. That's the other thing about a head coach. You cannot respect a head coach if you've got the same amount of understanding as a head coach. Because then I can do it myself. That's why some of our kids act wild. Amen? Just let's be honest. Some of our kids act wild because the parent act like the friend too much. Amen? My mama was never my friend. She was never my friend. She was my mama. I love her death. She was not my friend. And I'm not my son's friend. Because when you're friends, we can disagree. And, and that's, all, that's cool. And I can act a fool with a friend. I can act a fool with my mama. I can act a fool with my daddy. Because that is my head coach in that house. See, when you have a respect level, you don't do certain things. So that's why God brings this up. Job, you're questioning why you're going through this, Job. But Job, I'm trying to let you understand my authority. This is why I'm getting my authority. Job, you weren't there when the foundation of the world was laid. You were not there when I set the sun in the sky. You were not there when I created Adam. You were not there when I created all these, these animals. And then also, uh, Job, can you make any of these animals do what you want them to do? Can you just say... I want you to go left, and they go left. Can you tell the stars, you're not going to uh, shine bright tonight. We're just going to be totally black. Can you do that, Job? No. Only I can, Job. So that's why when you see successful head coaches, and you know you got these player coaches, when you see a successful head coach, they bring about, it's, it's even in, when you see a successful teacher or a successful principal, they bring about a sense of authority. When you see successful parents, they bring about a sense of authority. I'm not telling you you should not have a bad day. We all have bad days. But there should be a sense of authority in your house because you're there as a parent. 
Now, many times we want to change the, and flip the script. Well, my mama did me like that. Did it get you this far? Sometimes we like, my mama whooped me. I'm not going to whoop mine. But did you make it? Maybe it was the reason why you were getting your whoopings. Because if you didn't get whooped by mama, the jail cell was going to whoop you. It's real talk, honest talk. Somebody's got to be that authority in your life. Well, God is saying, I am that true, always authority. I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm where the buck stops. There's not anybody after me, Job. I'm the buck stopper. The, all your answers and your questions and your frustrations all need to end at the road with me. Too many times we're trying to find other people to tell us how we should call our play. Sometimes we're calling on our friend who does not know anything about the life that God has for you. Would it make sense for a child to tell a parent where to go? If the parent already knew where we were supposed to go? Does it make sense for me to tell somebody who created this building, well, I think you should have did this and that. But they are the architect. They are the builder. I have no expertise in that. Have you created anything? Have you created a human being? Have you put the earth together, another earth somewhere? Have you even created a car? Some of us might have done that, but have you even, what have you created? Some of us feel like that because I'm a mother or a father, I created them. What, well, baby? No. We had a nice time. God created that. That was not our intention most of the time. Amen? We all going to keep it real. That was not all our intention. Our intention was, uh, but God said I had another intention, another plan. That it was going to be a blessing out of your temporary happiness. I was going to give you some a blessing. And some of us like, oh, really? That's my blessing? But that's here or there. We'll get into that another day. But our children. But God gets into, you don't know this. So that's what God, God is trying to play call. Then, then this is the next thing. The, the audible. Now, this, what's an audible? In football, an audible is I'm going to change the play that the head coach gave to me. I'm saying something that I don't agree with. So I'm going to change the play. When you hear Tony Romo say, kill, 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 he's saying, we're not going to do that play. We're going to do another play. Many times, Jason Garrett has been now found out to have called a running play. Jason Garrett said, now we're going to throw the ball. And then he throw an interception. That's here or there, but he messing up. Many times, we see the, the, our life, the storm that's ahead of us, and we want to call an audible on God's play. God is saying, I have intended you to be in this ministry. I've intended you to be in this relationship. I've intended you to be on this job. I intended you to go here. And we call the audible. Some of us can truly know where we are in our life. And God said, I didn't truly mean that for your life, but you call it audible. I'm, work, I'm still working it out with you. But you start calling audibles. I know you're going to call it audible, but you start calling audibles. You didn't trust my path for you. Now understand, the audible seems easy, but in the end does not give you the same reward if you follow God's play. God's play is harder, but in the end will benefit you a greater reward. Let me say that one more time. The audible, the audible is what we want to do. Temporarily, it gives us a little pleasure. Temporarily, it's easier. But in the long run, it costs us more. God's play, God's play at the onset seems hard, seems more narrow. 
seems more difficult, seems a little bit frustrating, seems out of the box. But God says in the long run, you're going to benefit from it. It's some relationships that we audibled on. We can go back in some of our relationships. If I had just stayed with him and not with him. But I audible because he was a bad boy. And I didn't want to stay in God playing with the good boy. We audible to the bad boy and he ain't done nothing but wrong. We audible and we didn't trust God's plan. We audible, I'm not going to do what mama tell me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do, when I want to do, and how I want to do it. We audible when we were on the test and we looked at our neighbor and cheated on the test. We audible instead of taking God's plan. We audible and when God said, you know what, I wanted you to run your own corporation, your own business. We audible because we said that's hard, that's a lot of faith, that's I don't know if I can do that. So we said, I'm going to just take this little job over here. We audibles. Some of us have audible even out the church. You know what? That's a young church plant. I don't know. They don't have this. They don't have that. I'm going to audible to this. But God is saying, I'm going to tell you something very honest and very frank about victory. Victory, one day, even as this day, is going to have a major impact upon the world. If you stay with God's plan, it's going to be a little frustrating at times. It's going to be a little narrow at times. It's going to be hard. But when you look at the long-term benefit, God is saying, stay with my plan. Then lastly, God saying, will you check my resume? When you look at, uh, at who's the head coach, the play calling. When you look at someone's play calling in your life, you need to check their resume. When you check the resume of God, God is saying, I'm all powerful and almighty. When you check the resume of God, God said, I set the limits. When you check the resume of God, he told Satan, you would not take the life of Job. And Satan could not take the life of Job. When you check the resume of God, you will have to praise him. Because this God that took you out of the liquor store, this God God that took you out of that bed. This God that got you a job. This God that provided all things to you as, as the measure of what you needed. That God, that God checked his resume. This God took care of you. He says that there will be what? No temptation that will overtake you except that which is common to man. But God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond where you are able? But with temptation will make a way of escape. God says check my resume. What you going through, I get ways of escape. But the way of escape is always through me. You're not going to find some dark alley to run into. You're going to run into my light, into my path, into my wisdom. You're going to run into me. I'll give you a way out. But what you're going through, he's also telling us, is not uncommon. Don't act like you're the only one. Don't act like it's brand new. You, you, you're not the first, second. You're not even on the hundredth. You're not even on the million now. God saying what people have been going through, they are testimonies of what you are going through with other people. God says what I'm doing in you right now, I got, if you go and link up with somebody now, I got a testimony out there right now that can testify I, I overcome when a man don't do right by you. I overcome when the job is not doing right by you. I've overcome when it don't seem life is not doing right by you. I've overcome when you yourself don't do right by you. You are not unconscious. Common, but God said, I've done a common thing in you. And then he says, I'm not going to touch you more than you can bear. What does it mean? Does it mean that you can truly bear by yourself? No. He's saying, if you rely on me, I will sustain you. I will renew your strength. You rely on me. Not yourself, but on me. So check his resume. So we go from there and then we have to understand, we have to embrace failure. 
we have to embrace failure. I want to bring up this, that many say that if you want true success, it's through hard work and determination. And yes, hard work is a part of success. You can't be lazy and, and think you're going to be successful. But we have to understand that, as Michael Jordan talked about, he's missed more than 9,000 shots in his life. And he's lost more than 300 games. And he's been tested on taking the last shot in the game and missed it 26 times. But he's fell over and over again. And he said, and that's why he succeeds. Now, why, why you, Michael Jordan, I don't know if he's Christian or not. Now, I want you to understand what Joe was going through. I want you to understand what God will allow us to go through. God will allow us to fail. If you never fail, would you truly give God the glory? Let, let's really be honest. If I had all the money, if, if we were already in our own building, and, and, and I had somebody who brought my papers up here, drove me around, Y'all won't be able to talk to me. I, I'm being, I'm being honest with you. Cause see, we get our human nature. If we were the ones making it, or thought we were the one making it, you couldn't talk to us. So God allows us to fail, so that we can go to Him. God will allow, uh, allow the weakest person, the one that no one thought that could make it, to make it. Cause God wants to show out and say, y'all said he couldn't make it. God will take the person that went to jail, that got the felony record, and will turn them into millionaires just to show I did that. See, a lot of times we like, well, you gotta be this, you gotta be that. God said, all you gotta do is be a faithful follower of me. So we have to embrace the failure. We have to embrace the failure because Thomas Edison, he failed all these light bulbs around. There were at least over 3,000 times before these light bulbs finally were created that he failed. If he had not failed, he would not have created these light bulbs. He had to fail. The, the man that created Kentucky Fried Chicken failed 50 times in business before he created Kentucky Fried Chicken. And I understand when he created that, people didn't believe that he could do that. This is a man that put on a little white suit that was serving chicken and a biscuit in a shoebox. But look at that business now. Walmart, when you go through business after business after business, these are not men who on the first time were successful. If I'm going to tell you the first time we launched out or when we launched out as Victory, man, we were banging. No, it was some struggles. It's some struggles today. It's some things that I can look back, okay, I failed in that. But God is using those failures to make us stronger in him. Job has failed in looking at God in the right way. Job has thought, because I'm, I'm so-called righteous, there should be no harm to me. I should not go through anything. And some of us believe that, that bootleg divine karma. And God is saying, that is not true. I'm allowing you to go through the storm because I need to prune on you. I need to cut on you. I need to polish you. I'm allowing you to go through a struggle so you can be better afterwards. I'm allowing you to go through a bad relationship because I want you to be stronger in my word. I'm allowing you to go through a bad job or uncertainty so you can have more faith in me. I'm allowing you to go through with your money getting short that you can say, I know there is a Jehovah Jireh, my provider. I'm allowing you to go through sickness so that in the 
the doctors give up on you because I'm allowing you to testify that I'm a healer. I'm allowing you to go through these things so that you can be a testimony. You're going through a test so you can be a testimony to those that don't know the test yet. So God's allowing us to embrace failure. Instead of us being angry about the failure, we need to say, you know what? God is doing something special in here. God is doing something special in here. But it's hard, isn't it? Because I, I want to be honest with you. It, it, it's easy for us to say that, but when you're going through the business and you're almost bankrupt 50 times, and yes, now you finally got the business, that's hard, isn't it not? It's hard to be a single mother when that man promised you all that stuff, is it not? He promised you, I'll, I'll be there. I'll marry you. Well, I'll at least I'll provide financially for you. And this man, your baby's almost 10 years old. This man never done anything like that. It's hard when, when your daddy said, I'll pick you up on the 15th of the month. Don't worry. And you stand on the stoop of your mama's uh, house and your daddy don't show up. That's hard. It's hard when you hear all the excuses, daddy doing this, and, or, or, or at the job, they say you're going to get a promotion, or, or we're going to have more money for you, and that doesn't happen. They tell you, you know what, you're working so hard, I know you're doing $10, we're going to give you $12, we're going to work it out. But God is saying, I'm allowing you to go through that. Understand, they're not the ones, that man, that job, or whatever, they're not the ones pulling, pulling your life. They're not the ones who are making the play in your life. God is allowing those people to have an impact in your life so that you can grow in him. God wants you to grow more in your faith. You might be going through a struggle in your relationships because God is saying, I'm allowing the struggle to occur because you are not strong in me. That's a hard thing to take. God may be saying, I'm going to get all this, put all this on you because I want to see how much faith that you're going to rely on me. How much will you walk or how much you going to do yourself? How much are you going to try to figure out your own way? Or how many times are you going to say, Lord, I'm going to stay in your will? How many times, we all have been there, when we see the payday lending, when we see uh, so-and-so can give us some money, when we see, well, this girl look good over here, all of these are ways for us to get outside God's plan and do our own thing. God is saying we got to get rid of the Sarah mentality. It's not happening yet. And we got to be patient because God will give it to us when we need it. How big is your God? Is your God just a paycheck to paycheck God? Or can your God take care of you for a year? Is your God a yearly salary God? Or is your God a retirement God? Why do I say it like that? Paycheck to paycheck, that means you, you're on a day-to-day basis with this God. You, you kind of like, maybe I trust you, maybe I don't. A yearly salary, at least, once, at least yearly you trust in him. But if you believe in a retirement God, God is taking care of you, and you believe it day to day, you believe it week to week, month to month, and he got even when you lay down. You got a retirement God, that's the kind of God that, go, that takes care of you. You don't have to put a nest egg somewhere. This kind of God takes care of you. He is your true pension in life. You believe in him today to eternity. You believe he's Alpha and Omega. You truly believe these things that he's beginning and left. What kind of God do you have in your life? What kind of God do you believe in? Do you believe in a paycheck to paycheck? Do you believe in a year to year? Or do you have a retirement God in your life? See, we have to look in the mirror. 
God has said to Job, shall the one who contends with the Almighty correct him? He who re rebukes God, let him answer. Then Job finally answered and said, Lord, behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will not proceed further. God is saying, how can the creation talk to the creator? Like he ain't nobody. And Job finally gets it. It took him almost 40 chapters, but he finally gets it. He says, you know what? I ain't all that. My, my stuff does stink. My drawers is filthy, Lord. I need your help. I need you to wash me as clean. I need you to bleach my life. I need you to get up in here and wash me thoroughly. I'm not all that. Is it not hard to talk to some folks when they think they're all that? You can't give them any kind of suggestions, amen? You try to suggest something to them, I don't, I don't know about that, but we'll, we'll say You can't even talk to them. God is saying, will you be humble and look in the mirror and see that the issue may truly be with you? See, when you're the head coach, the head coach is going to get it right in your grill. He's going to say, Johnny, you didn't block so-and-so. The play failed because of you. And the head coach looks at the play over and over again to pinpoint where the mistake is. What if you are the mistake? What if you the issue in your life? I told y'all last week about Halle Berry. What about this week? If, if, if you go and you look at the issues in your life, is it everybody at the job or could it be you? Is it all the other co-workers you work with or could it be you? In, in your relationships, is it the, uh, the other people in your relationships or could it be you? And when I say, could it be you? When we say, well, I hadn't done nothing wrong. Are you in God's will? Are you in your word? Are you praising the Lord? And I'm not saying you're not going to cry, but do you have hope? Because God has placed hope in you. Or are you trusting on your flesh? Look in the mirror. And then last on that, you got to understand you're not bigger than God. Too many times we believe that we're bigger than God. That was Eve's issue. She wanted to be like God. She wanted to be bigger than God. We can't be bigger than him. We got to step back and understand that he, he is the potter. We are the clay. I don't tell God what to do. God needs to be telling me what I need to do. And God does that. But I have a choice not to listen. And when I make that choice not to listen, now I'm in some foolish behavior. Am I right? How many times you told your child to do something and then they did something else? You said, don't touch that stove. Don't touch that, that stove hot. Don't touch that stove. Alright. Then you get real quiet. Don't touch that stove. You better not be in there. Get real, real quiet. Next thing you, ah! You touched that stove, didn't you? See? That's what happens. They got burned. Why? Because they did not listen to God. Not, not listen to you. How many times we've been there? God has been talking to us over and over and over again. You don't need to go to that house today. You don't need to go to that house. You don't, need, you don't even need to be over there. Some of us have a testimony where God said, don't be there. And we said, I don't be there anyway. And the next thing you know, the police showed up. Well, I don't know why I'm going to jail. Baby, God told you to leave that alone. God said, don't, don't mess with that guy. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. And we said, no, nah, he cute, he this and that. He, he all that. And, and that guy turns out to be the worst thing in your life. Amen? 
or that or that young lady. It's some basketball players right now. God was talking to you, and now you got some kids out there because you don't want to listen to the Lord. Lord is talking to us in a powerful way. I want you to understand. He's talking to us through our prayer life. He's talking through us through sermons and songs. He's talking to us through his word. He's asking us to live a certain way and be a certain way. And God is saying, when will you listen to me? So the last point, we get into our red zone. Now I want you to understand what the red zone is in, in football. The red zone is the last, what is the red zone? It's, it's the last 20 yards to the touchdown. Now understand, this is what the red zone. Red zone is hard to score in. Because your playbook is a little bit limited. You only got 20 yards. So you can't throw them long bombs and all that stuff. You only got 20 yards. You, and more than likely, you're only going to have about a couple plays to score this touchdown. You're not going to have like 20 plays, about eight at the most. Because it's 20 yards to the touchdown. It's 20 yards to touchdown lane. So when you're in that red zone, you got to change up your offense. When you're in the red zone, the defense changes too. The defense will allow you to think you're doing well and clamp it down on you. The defense won't be so uh, obvious and, and blitzing you or attacking the quarterback. The, the defense will disguise itself a little better so to make you think in, in, in your head that you're doing well. Many of us are in the red zone of our life. We're in a red zone moment that we, we, are, we are almost at a point of victory in this situation. Some of us are almost in a, a point of victory and really getting in our words. Some of us are almost in a point of victory of having a habit of attending church. Some of us are almost in a point of victory in overcoming some of these relationships that we've been in. Some of us are almost in a point of victory in overcoming alcoholism and drugs and smoking or whatever it should be. Some of us are almost at that point. And our plays get a little shorter in, in, in dealing with it. The time seems to get a little shorter. And, and I want you to understand, Satan disguises himself a lot better when you're almost at the point of victory. He'll disguise himself sometimes and somebody will like, so, so, oh, I pray all the time. You want me to pray with you? And then they pray and they want to give you some advice that has nothing to do with God. Some of, us, some of us have been in the skies of, you know what, I'll give you a raise, just need to stay here. And, but you were at a point of victory where God was wanting to take you somewhere else to uplift you in, and grow you in a, in a higher order in your life. But you have decided, you have decided to be in that disguise. The defense disguises itself a lot better. But you're in that red zone. Now, this is the other thing in the red zone. Sometimes you can get in the red zone and say, you know what, I'll just kick a field goal. God is not a field goal kind of guy many times. God is saying, I want you to score this touchdown. I want you to go all across the goal line and say touchdown. I want you to go and get that touchdown. So God is saying, I do not want you to give up. I do not want you to give up in this time and in this moment. I don't want you to give up. Because when we get into Galatians 6-9, it says, Let us not be weary in doing well, for in due season we shall reap. We shall reap what? This harvest. So thank not. Thank not. Don't give up. Don't give up. In due time, the work that you've been doing well, the work that you've been doing within your kids, the work that you've been doing on the job, the work that you've been doing in the community, the work that you've been doing at the church, the work that you've been doing for God Almighty, that one day will come a time where you will reap the harvest. The work that you've been doing in the relationships of your life with your mama, with your man, with your lady, all that, that one day a harvest will come on back. 
And God says, do not get weary. And when you should get weary, understand, God says, I will renew your strength. You will mount up with wings as eagles. When you say, I'm crawling, Lord, God says, I will pick you up. Do not give up. Do not give up. Because there comes a point in time in our life where we're going to score the touchdown. We're going to score the touchdown and overcome all of this. We're going to overcome the touchdown. We're going to overcome the mess in our life. We're going to overcome joblessness. We're going to overcome hopelessness. We're going to overcome the stigma of this and that. We're going to overcome not having a daddy around. We're going to overcome folks not doing right by us. We're going to overcome and we're going to score a victory, but the victory won't be for us. Just like in football, you don't score the touchdown for yourself. You score the touchdown for the team. And when you score the touchdown, you're going to score a touchdown for the kingdom of the Lord. When you score that touchdown, and then there will come a time when you have a final victory that no one, no man can ever take from you. And that victory, when you see Jesus Christ, when you put your hands in his hands, you score the touchdown of of life that touch there that no man can take from you you did that but you did it for the kingdom of the Lord and you know what even like a touchdown you don't score it on your own somebody had a block for you somebody had to do this for you and you know who all that is that's Christ Jesus there's a touchdown in your life right now so I ask this morning as we prepare to open the door to the church who is your head coach? Truly, let's, let's be really real and honest. Who is your head coach? Who is directing your life? Who is calling the plays in your life? Who is, who is helping you to understand where you should be in Christ Jesus? Who are you depending on? And understand, I want to be so honest with this. Sometimes we have a head coach and sometimes we want to depend on ourselves. God is saying, are you at a point where you're tired of trying to be me? I had to tell my son and daughter, hush, that's for daddy to say, not for you. Well, God is saying, are we at a time, hush, and trust the Lord. Some of us have been walking this life over and over again and walking and you're getting tired, you're getting frustrated, you're getting scared. Some of us have been thrust into new situations that we weren't prepared for. Do you think we are prepared to know how to be a great mother? How to be a great father, especially us as black men? When, when so many fathers have been taken out of our lives through jail, through slavery, through all this stuff, where your own daddy may not have been around, you think you know how to be a great father? So, in essence, you a little bit scared. Some of our men didn't come back home because they didn't, didn't know how to do it. And they were too afraid to fail. So I'm asking you this morning. The doors of the church are about to be open. If you don't know Christ Jesus, you have accepted. And you say, you know, I need this Jesus. I'm not a Christian. I'm going to be real. Yeah, I might have got baptized when I was young, but I didn't know what I was doing. My mama and grandmama told me to go down there, but I didn't know. But now I know I need this Jesus because I know I was born 
a failure. I was born into sin. And now I know that I need my Jesus. That same Jesus that died for me. He never failed. He never had sin on him. The only time he put on sin was for me. I would say today, come on down. If you're saying that you've been going church to church and place to place and you're looking for this perfect place. I want to tell you something. You're not going to find it. There's no heaven on this side. I'm looking for them to do this and do that. But when you find that place, then you'll find something else wrong with them. I want to tell you, this is a place for imperfect people to serve a perfect God. So I will tell you, if you don't have a church home, won't you make Victory Baptist Church your church home? You had a place that would love you, love you in your imperfection, and hope for you in your heavenward perfection. And lastly, if you're saying, Pastor, I need prayer. I'm broken. I'm messed up. I, I, I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I'm so broken, so beaten down. I'm tired, and I want to give up. Won't you come down? Because today you can score a touchdown by just coming down for prayer. The doors of the church are open.